0: Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Burger Studios, this
1: is Bloomberg Day Break for Thursday, June 23rd, 2022. Coming up this hour.
2: It is day two of congressional testimony for Fed Chair Jay Powell.
1: Reaction pours into President Biden's proposed gas tax holiday.
2: European Union leaders plan to grant candidate status to Ukraine.
1: And the Fed gets set to release the results of its bank stress tests.
3: The Uvalde school police chief has been placed on leave after last month's mass shooting. Plus, prosecutors say Ghislaine Maxwell should get 30 years in prison. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead.
4: I'm John Stash, Aaron Sports. Comeback win for the Yankees, loss for the Mets, and Colorado beat Tampa Bay in overtime in the Stanley Cup final. That's all straight
5: ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app.
2: Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager.
1: And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. Stock Index Futures are mixed this morning. Coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 6 points, Dow futures down 104, NASDAQ futures higher, up 23. 10-year Treasury up 1532nd, yield 3.09%, and a yield on the two-year, 3.01%. Nathan.
2: Karen, we begin this morning with day two of congressional testimony from Jay Powell. This morning, the Fed chair appears before the House Financial Services Committee. But yesterday was Powell's most explicit acknowledgement yet that raising interest rates could lead to a recession.
6: It's not our intended uh, outcome at all, but it's certainly a possibility. And, and frankly, the events of the last few months you know, around the world have been have made it more difficult for us to achieve what we want, which is 2% inflation gotcha. and still a strong labor market. Powell told the Senate Banking Committee
2: the economy is well-positioned to handle tighter monetary policy. Meantime, former New York Fed president and current Bloomberg opinion columnist Bill Dudley says a recession is inevitable within the next 12 to 18 months.
7: I would expect a mild recession like 1990 or, or, or 2001, uh, not a deep recession like 73, 74 or, of course, the
2: great financial crisis. Former New York Fed President Bill Dudley made those comments on Bloomberg surveillance. Catch the program weekdays at 7 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio and television.
1: Well, Nathan, stocks gave up early gains on Powell's recession comments. Market veteran Abby Joseph Cohen says the era of everything going up is now over. I think we're
0: now back. Uh, into a period in which it does matter, where it's the fundamentals of earnings, the fundamentals of margins, the fundamentals of inflation and interest rates, and putting that all together in terms of appropriate valuation models, that will make a big difference for investors going forward.
1: Abby Joseph Cohen, who was a former senior investment strategist at Goldman Sachs, believes a mild recession is being priced into markets.
2: Well, crude oil's taking a leg lower, Karen, as concern over a global economic slowdown intensifies, checking prices now, NYMEX crude's down $2.50 at $103.69 a barrel. President Biden's continuing his push to ease gas prices. Let's get the latest on that, live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita.
0: Nathan, good morning. President Biden is running out of options to ease prices at the pump. And in his latest action, he proposes a three-month gas tax holiday.
8: By suspending the $0.18 cent gas tax, federal gas tax, for the next 90 days, we can bring down the price of gas and give families just a little bit of relief.
0: It's a long shot for President Biden as lawmakers, even his fellow Democrats, quickly signal they have little appetite for the move. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says Democrats in his chamber had already attempted a gas tax suspension and Republicans blocked it. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: All right, Renita, thank you. And like you say, support for a gas tax holiday is garnering little support. Bloomberg politics contributor Jeannie Sheehan-Zeno says it flies in the face of the president's own energy policy.
8: Many people, particularly
5: on the left, are asking themselves, you know, essentially, who is Joe Biden? He
3: could have used the challenge in Ukraine and the challenge with prices to push for renewables. You know, the old saying, don't let a good crisis go to waste. Why hasn't he pushed
0: for something that people on the Democratic side believe in?
1: Bloomberg Politics contributor Jeannie sheehan Zeno spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the show weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio.
2: Well, another major story in Washington we're following this morning, Karen, is talk from both sides of the aisle that a gun safety bill could soon pass the Senate. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell seems to be on board.
9: What I'm mainly concerned about is dealing with, with the issues that have been brought to the fore by these mass shootings, which are directly related to school safety and mental health.
5: And Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says passage should be soon.
4: The bill is real progress. It will save lives. And it is my intention to make sure the Senate passes this bill before the end of the week.
5: They hope to beat their summer recess. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: Right, Ed, thank you. While turning overseas, European Union leaders plan to grant candidate status to Ukraine. The move will come at the EU summit that's beginning today in Brussels. We get more from Bloomberg's Maria Tadeo. Even though it is seen as, as a given and there's no surprise, it will happen. By tomorrow, Ukraine being granted this uh, candidacy status, it is pretty historic. The question is, how much will it change for the country overnight? Probably not a lot. And we should also note that even if you're a country and you have given this candidacy status, it doesn't mean the accession talks are going to happen quickly
0: or swiftly. You know, there's many countries in Europe that have applied for it, granted the candidacy status, and then, of course, get stuck in the process for years before they get the membership.
1: And Bloomberg's Maria Tadeo in Brussels says Ukraine will be told it has to meet a set of conditions related to the rule of law, justice, and anti-corruption before joining the EU.
2: Back here in the U.S., Karen, the Fed releases results from its yearly bank stress test this afternoon. We get more from Bloomberg's Tom Busby. All 34 banks monitored by the Federal Reserve, which have $100 billion
4: in assets, are part of this year's stress test to see if they can withstand a hypothetical economic downturn, a crash in the commercial real estate market, and a surge in unemployment. That number up from 23 lenders last year after some larger regional banks like Fifth Third Bancorp and Ally Financial got a pass. The results will dictate how much capital those banks will need to have on hand and how much they can return to shareholders in the form of share
2: buybacks and dividends, but they'll have to wait until Monday to announce any of those. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thank you, Tom. S&P futures down one point right now. Dow futures down 72. NASDAQ futures up 38 points. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and the check of sports. This is Bloomberg. 507 on Wall Street. We're at 61 degrees in Central Park. It's still dealing with some roadwork on the New Jersey Turnpike car lanes. We'll get to the details on that shortly in traffic. First, Michael Barr has more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael.
3: Good morning, Nathan. Pete Arredondo, the chief of the school district force in Uvalde, Texas, has been placed on administrative leave for his delayed response to last month's mass shooting at Arab Elementary School. A gunman killed 19 students and two teachers in the attack as police officers stood by for more than an hour. Meanwhile, Democratic State Senator Roland Guterres says he filed a Freedom of Information request against the Texas Department of Public Safety, but has yet to hear back from the agency.
2: We're frustrated because we're getting half-truths, innuendo, a lot of finger-pointing. Uh, And that's been the case since day one with DPS.
3: Senator Guterres spoke to KTRK. The January 6th committee holds its fifth hearing today. The focus will be on the pressure former President Trump exerted on the Justice Department to overturn the 2020 presidential election results. Federal prosecutors say Ghislaine Maxwell, the British socialite convicted of engaging in a 10-year sex trafficking scheme with former boyfriend Jeffrey Epstein, deserved to spend 30 to 55 years in prison. Maxwell will be sentenced on June 28th. New York City's subway system may only reach about 70% of pre-pandemic ridership by the end of 2022, lower than the 80% forecast the MTA had been anticipating. Meanwhile, authorities plan to place cameras on subway cars in an effort to increase safety. A train shooting in San Francisco has left one person dead and another injured. Authorities say they are still looking for a suspect behind the shooting near the city's Castro neighborhood. Officer Catherine Winters is with the San Francisco police.
10: We are working to gather information which will include
2: surveillance footage and any other footage from the Muni train.
3: Officer Winters says it happened during the heart of Pride Week, but police say the attack does not appear to be related to events in the area. FDA officials are investigating the death of another infant who was given formula made by Abbott Laboratories. The infant died in January, and the FDA was notified June 10th. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries.
2: I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael, thank you. <laughs> Five oh nine on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stash Hour. Good morning, Nathan. Yankees were looking at a rare two-game losing
4: streak. Isak Parades, who hit three home runs Tuesday, hit another in the first inning. Tampa Bay led 4-1. Back came the Yankees. Two home runs for Aaron Judge, now up to 27. And Jose Trevino with yet another huge hit. Game-winning two on homer. Eighth inning, the Yankees won 5-4. to four. They're home tonight for Houston. Astros just beat the Mets 5-3 as Jordan Alvarez homer twice. He's hit 21. Carlos Carrasco Roughed up, left with an apparent injury. Only a two-game series, but the first time this season the Mets have been swept. Overtime at the Stanley Cup Final. Quickly
7: ahead, now some Kadri inside the circle. Kadri! Where's the puck?
5: How did that not go in? It did. It did go in. It did? It did win. Won- this <laughs> He scored! There's of Kandri. The Kandri man can. I didn't see it, but they did. The
4: KSEE. Tampa Bay thought Colorado should have been called for a too many men on the ice penalty. But the Avs won 3-2. They lead the series 3-1, and they can win the cup in Denver tomorrow night. NBA draft takes place tonight. The Nets host the draft, but they don't have a pick. They could have used Philadelphia's first rounder. They elected to save it. Until next year, Knicks have the 11th pick. Reports they're trying to move up. Orlando has the first pick, expected to take Auburn's Jabari Smith. There's golf today near Hartford as the PGA Tour announces changes that they claim they were going to make anyway, but they admit they may be moving them up due to the competition they're now facing from the Live Tour. More prize money. Several tournaments will no longer have the field cut midway through. John Stash, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan?
2: All right, John, thanks. S&P futures now down one point. Dow futures down 68. NASDAQ futures are higher by 35 points as we await day two of Fed Chair Jay Powell testimony on Capitol Hill. The 10-year Treasury is up 1530 seconds. The yield 3.09% on the benchmark 10-year note and the yield on the two-year right now 3.01%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, cloudy through the morning, highs cool in the low 70s. We'll be in the low 80s tomorrow with a mix of sun and clouds. Saturday, mostly sunny, might hit 90 degrees. Right now, 61 and cloudy in Central Park.
5: Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: And I'm Karen Moscow. And European stocks retreating this morning. Bond yields tumbling as comments by Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell. And growth data in Europe stoked fear about a global downturn. Oil is extending losses. And the yield on German 10-year bonds sank 17 basis points after an indicator of euro area economic activity. fell to a 16-month low. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Taking a look at futures this morning. They are mixed. S&P futures up six points. Dow futures down to 16 and Nasdaq futures are up 68. The DAX in Germany is down nine tenths of a percent. The 10 year treasury up 1332 seconds, yield 3.10%, yield on the two year 3.01%. NYMEX crude oil is down 2% or $2.15 at $104.04 a barrel. COMEX gold down two tenths percent or $3.50 at 18.34.90 announced. The euro is at 1.0509 against the dollar. British pound 1.2218. The yen 135.42. And this data check brought to you by Informatica on the cloud. Your data has the power to do the extraordinary. Manage data across any location in the cloud for accurate and actionable insights. More at informatica.com. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning.
3: Good morning, Karen. Facing stubbornly high gas prices, President Joe Biden has urged Congress to suspend federal gas and diesel taxes for three months. The PGA Tour is countering the Saudi-backed Live Golf Series. Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan unveiled his plan to increase purse sizes and revamp the schedule in an effort to keep players from leaving the tour. In baseball, the Yankees won, the Mets lost, the Orioles shut out the National 7-zip, the Red Sox won, the Giants and A's lost. In the NHL, after Game 4, the Avalanche are a game away from winning the Stanley Cup. Colorado beat the Lightning in overtime 3-2. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is
2: Bloomberg, Nathan. All right, Michael, thanks. It's 519 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Let's get more now on President Biden's call for a three-month gas tax holiday and progress in the Senate on a bipartisan gun safety bill, lots happening in the nation's capital this morning, so we're pleased to be joined by uh, Bloomberg government congressional reporter Jack Fitzpatrick. He's in our Bloomberg 99. one studios in Washington, D.C. Jack, good morning. This uh, call from President Biden for a three-month gas tax pause doesn't sound like it's getting the warmest of receptions on Capitol Hill, or am I wrong?
6: No, you're, you're right. And I, th- I think the most interesting part of that is not the Republican pushback, which is unsurprising, uh, but also that there there are key Democrats who don't seem impressed by this. You know, there was a statement out by Speaker Pelosi that didn't endorse the deal, almost just acknowledged it, but sidestepping the substance of it. Uh, and then meanwhile, we heard from Peter DeFazio, the Transportation and Infrastructure Chairman in the House, uh, who argued that, you know, this would do more to take funds away from the highway trust fund than it would to make a noticeable difference for individual consumers. Uh, there's also no guarantee or, or, or nothing that would presumably be in a, a bill that would ensure that all the savings go to consumers. You can't tell exactly how much uh, of this would go to the owners of gas stations, for example. Uh, so there's, there seem to be some key Democrats who are not really hot on the idea, uh, expect, Expecting cooperation from Republicans right now on an idea like this is uh, not realistic, but it's an example of the president feeling the need to have a plan, have a proposal, make it clear that he's trying to do something.
2: Is there a sense, Jack, that this is almost like a desperation move from President Biden to put out something like this when other ideas that he's put out there so far, like releases from the
6: Strategic Reserve, haven't worked so far? Yes uh, a sense of desperation has been pretty palpable uh, you hear it when the President talks publicly about gas prices and inflation in general because he has he has made the case that there's only so much he can do and putting it in the global perspective of broader Price increases, the war in Ukraine, uh, things that are beyond uh, not only the president's control, but that even Congress can only do so much in the short term. There can be a longer term debate over energy policy, over oil and natural gas production and exports. Uh, but when it comes to addressing the high prices today, his hands are tied uh, to some significant extent. And he has gone around making the case that, that that's the that that's where he is. uh, And he can pitch some ideas. But yes, a sense of desperation is uh, pretty significant.
2: Well, it is interesting that we are seeing, on the other hand, uh, progress on something that we haven't seen progress on literally in decades in Washington. And that is a gun safety package on Capitol Hill.
6: Yeah, they're still moving along. Uh, despite some negative talk uh, a few days ago, they did come to a legislative agreement. They worked out uh, their their concerns about uh, taking that framework that they announced and actually figuring out the details. They're trying to move through the procedural votes as quickly as possible in the Senate. Uh, they did a little bit of a maneuver by holding the first procedural vote on another issue and then amending that with this bill, uh, but they're, they're they're passed the 60-vote threshold already in that initial procedural vote. And there are enough Republicans on board uh, to try to move this along unless there's some significant surprise or a group of lawmakers change their mind.
2: Is there a sense among Democrats, Jack, that this is something that they can capitalize on in the November elections? Or is the economy and inflation the overriding concern? We have about a minute left here.
6: I I think both are true. The economy is the overriding concern, but I I don't think you'd want to be a Democrat running for re-election and have no real response to mass shootings. Uh, Democrats are trying to show people that they can accomplish things and they can go campaign on a variety of things. They can talk about the infrastructure bill. They can talk about this. It doesn't change the underlying fact that families are seeing uh, a lot of those savings that they built up dissipate, Uh, the price rise. Rises have been much more persistent than a lot of people thought. Uh, It doesn't undo the frustration with the economy, but it's something that Democrats have wanted to do for a long time. And an ability to have a bipartisan accomplishment is definitely not a bad thing.
2: Thanks for this, Jack. Good having you on with us. Jack Fitzpatrick, congressional reporter for Bloomberg Government. With all the developments happening in the nation's capital, we'll have Jack back on later in the program to talk more about these stories, as well as the latest on the January 6th hearings. They'll be going into a pause as the committee members look at yet more evidence into the attack at the capital. Right now, S&P futures are up two points. Dow futures down 45. NASDAQ futures are higher by 50 points now. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Cloudy this morning with a high in the low 70s. Today will be in the low 80s under a mix of sun and clouds tomorrow. Could see 90 by Saturday. Right now, 61 in Central Park. It's 530 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm
1: Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. We begin with day two of congressional testimony from Jay Powell. This morning, the Fed chair appears before the House Financial Services Committee. Yesterday was his most explicit acknowledgement yet that raising interest rates could lead to a recession.
6: You're seeing growth slow from the very elevated levels of last year associated with the reopening. You're seeing the beginnings of job growth slowing to more sustainable levels. And, you know, there's risk in that. There's obviously risk in that. We, monetary policy is famously a blunt tool. And there's risk that weaker outcomes are certainly possible, but they're not our intent.
1: Fed Chair Jay Powell told lawmakers the economy is strong and well-positioned to handle tighter monetary policy.
6: Markets gave
2: up early gains, Karen, on Powell's recession comments. Jeanette Garrity, chief economist with Robertson-Stevens, says as recession talk grows, we could see inflation start to come down.
1: I don't think it's firmly rooted, and there are an awful lot of people who are now beginning to think about recession. And in thinking about recession, I actually do believe that that will take the, the pressure off prices.
2: Jeanette Garrity with Robertson Stevens says she believes j Powell's credibility is no longer an issue.
1: Well, let's turn to oil now, Nathan, which is lower once again as concerns over a global economic slowdown intensify. Meantime, President Biden is continuing his push to
0: ease gas prices. Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with more. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. President Biden is running out of options to ease prices at the pump. And in his latest action, he proposes a three-month gas tax holiday, urging gas stations to play their part.
8: I call on the companies to pass this along every penny, of this 18-cent reduction to the consumers. This is there's no time now for profiteering.
0: It's a long shot for President Biden as lawmakers on both sides of the aisle quickly signal they have little appetite for the move. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: All right, Renita, thank you. Another major story we're watching in Washington this morning, a gun safety bill could soon pass the Senate. Majority leader Chuck Schumer hopes for approval by the end of the week.
1: And Nathan, turning overseas, European Union leaders plan to grant candidate status to Ukraine. The move will come at the EU summit that's beginning today in Brussels. Ukraine will have to meet a set of conditions before joining the EU. S and P futures are now little changed. Dow futures down 43. Nasdaq futures up 40. And the 10-year Treasury at 15:30 seconds yield 3.09%. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines plus a check of sports. This is Bloomberg.
2: on Wall Street, 61 degrees in Central Park. Seen some work on the northbound Van Wick. And Michael Barr has more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael.
3: Thank you very much, Nathan. If you're not getting Internet, it's not the fault of your set. There are reports of a widespread Internet outage with Verizon. According to Down Detector, user reports indicate problems at Verizon this morning. Details on the nature of the outage are limited at the moment. In Texas, the Uvalde School District has placed Police Chief Pete Arredondo on administrative leave. Nineteen students and two teachers were killed as police officers stood by for more than an hour at Robb Elementary School. Meanwhile, a state senator filed a lawsuit against the Texas Department of Public Safety to access records on the investigation into last month's shooting. Democratic State Senator Roland Gutierrez.
6: This was a failure at every level, uh, not just the local cops, the sheriffs, the police,
4: DPS. We all had people in there.
3: Texas State Senator Guterres told KTRK he filed the lawsuit on May 31st but has not heard anything yet. The January 6th committee will hear from former Justice Department officials who faced down a relentless pressure campaign from Donald Trump over the presidential election results. Today's hearing aims to show how Trump tried to leverage the authorities of federal executive branch agencies. In pursuing his false claims of election fraud. The FAA is investigating a helicopter crash in Logan County, West Virginia that killed six people. Officials say the Huey helicopter went down on a rural roadway last evening. Logan Mayor Safino Noletti.
5: That very heart wrenching when I, we heard what happened. You know, there's all kinds of people didn't know. They thought maybe one of us was on it.
3: Mayor Serafino Noletti says the chopper was based out of Logan County Airport and was apparently used for tourist flights. Federal prosecutors say Ghislaine Maxwell, the British socialite, convicted of engaging in a 10-year sex trafficking scheme with former boyfriend Jeffrey Epstein, deserved to spend at least 30 years in prison. Maxwell will be sentenced June 28th. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan.
2: Thanks, Michael. 5.35 on Wall Street, John Stanchier is the Bloomberg Sports Update. Thanks, Nathan. More surprising than
4: Aaron Judge having hit 27 home runs, six more than anyone else in baseball, is that Jose Trevino has hit six. only had five. Last season with Texas, Trevino acquired just before the season began. Far exceeded expectations, and he won the game for the Yankees with a two-run homer, eighth inning, on a night where Judge homered twice. Yankees came from 4-1 down, beat Tampa Bay 5-4. Mets in Houston, trailed 4-0 first inning and lost 5-3. The Astros start a four-game series with the Yanks tonight at the stadium. Perhaps a playoff preview. The Yankees lead the East by 12 games, and the Astros lead the West. By 10. Overtime and controversy at the Stanley Cup final, where Tampa Bay scored in the opening minute, never trailed game four until Colorado's Nazim Kadri's goal 12 minutes into OT. The Lightning felt a too many men on the ice penalty should have been called, but the Az won 3-2 as Kadri gets the game winner in his first game since breaking his thumb a few weeks ago and the Az now lead the series 3-1. They can win the cup at home tomorrow night. NBA draft tonight in Brooklyn. Orlando has the first pick. The Knicks pick 11th. The Nets do not have any picks. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell testified virtually before a congressional committee looking into workplace violations by the Washington Commanders. Goodell insisted owner Dan Snyder is not involved in running the team. He said he does not have the power to remove Snyder, who has refused to testify, may now be subpoenaed. Tragic day for the Baltimore Ravens. The death of linebacker Jalen Ferguson, only 26. No cause of death. Foul play ruled out. And the passing of former defensive lineman Tony Siragusa. He was 55. Goose
2: also played for the Colts. Was now a Fox analyst. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John. Thanks. 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report with Bloomberg. Zed Corey.
9: It's getting harder to find an affordable apartment in New York City. You need to make at least $110,000 a year to afford the median asking rent of $2,750. Median rent in Manhattan soared to an eye-popping $4,000 for market-rate apartments in May. New Jersey will suspend sales tax collection for 10 days on back-to-school purchases. Saving buyers about $75 million. The discount will be in effect from August 27th to September 5th. It'll apply to basic goods as well as higher priced items like computers. Although it doesn't have a store in the Hamptons, Saks Fifth Avenue is making its presence known out east. Throughout the summer, it's hosting a series of dinners with designers, influencers and media. It'll throw a celebratory dinner July 14th at the new Southampton location of the Lobster Roll. That's your Bloomberg
2: Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. Thanks, Ed. 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio's on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world.
4: I'm Steve Potusk, and on 1010 Winds in New York, we're talking about big job cuts at J.P. Morgan's home lending business. And Jeff Bollinger and on WTVN in Columbus I'm talking about how inflation has eaten away at Americans emergency savings.
0: I'm Caroline Hepburn with DAB, Digital Radio in London we're reporting on Germany triggering the next stage of its emergency gas plan which could see consumers paying more.
9: I'm Ed Corey on WWJ in Detroit, We're reporting auto executives want lawmakers to strengthen semiconductor
2: supply chains. Those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion.
8: In the chaos of Latin American politics, Colombia has in recent years looked like an island of stability. Now change is certain. On Sunday, voters elected leftist Gustavo Petro, a former guerrilla, as their next president. Petro should learn from the experience of other anti-establishment leaders in the region. Without broad support and an eye on public finances, he won't be able to deliver the improved living conditions that voters demand. And Colombia, which lost its investment-grade status last year, has little room for error. Although its economy has made a good recovery from COVID-19, deep-seated problems remain. A botched tax reform last year led to weeks of violent protests, and inequality is pronounced even by the standards of the region. Petro would do well to seek out experienced technocratic advisors who are prepared to meet the country's challenges. Populism alone is no remedy for Colombia's ills. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Opinion Editorial Board. I'm David Shipley. For more Bloomberg opinion, please go to bloomberg.com/opinion or opin go on the Bloomberg terminal.
2: This has been Bloomberg Opinion, and you can hear Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at opin go. Futures little changed as we await day two of testimony from Fed Chairman Jerome Powell on Capitol Hill. Right now, S and P futures are up four points. Dow futures down thirty five. Nasdaq futures up fifty four points. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, cloudy through the morning with highs in the low 70s today. We'll get into the low 80s tomorrow under a mix of sun and clouds. Mostly sunny, warmer for Saturday, upper 80s. Right now, 61 in Central Park.
5: Headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: And I'm Karen Moscow. And European stocks are retreating. Bond yields are tumbling, as comments by Federal Reserve Chair Jay Powell and growth data in Europe stoke fear about a global downturn. Oil extending losses and U.S. stock index futures, they're mostly higher. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up eight points. Dow futures little change. NASDAQ futures up 68. The DAX in Germany is down 1%. The 10-year Treasury up 1332 seconds, yield 3.10%. Yield on the two-year, 2.99%. NYMEX crude oil is down 1.6% at $1. sixty-six at $104.52 a barrel. COMEX gold at a third of a percent or $6.30 at eighteen thirty-two fifty an ounce. The euro, 1.0503 against the dollar. British pound, 1.2199. And the yen's at 135.42. And look at it, Bitcoin this morning, moving higher up 3.4% at $20,500. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world.
3: Michael. Karen, thank you very much. There are reports of a widespread Internet outage with Verizon. That's according to Down Detector. The January 6th committee will hear from former Justice Department officials today. The panel says they face relentless pressure from Donald Trump over the presidential election results. The PGA Tour plans to increase purse sizes and revamp the schedule in an effort to keep players from heading to the Saudi-backed live golf series. In baseball, the Yankees won. The Mets lost. The Orioles shut out the Nationals. The Red Sox won. The Giants and A's lost. In the NHL, the Avalanche are a game away from winning the Stanley Cup after beating the Lightning. Global News, twenty-four hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than twenty-seven hundred journalists and analysts in more than one hundred twenty countries. I'm Michael
2: Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael. Thank you. We're coming up to five forty-nine on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and the words that have been reverberating in markets over the last several hours certainly a possibility, is what Fed Chair Jerome Powell told the Senate Banking Committee when it comes to the risk of recession, as the Fed is strongly focused on getting inflation down to a 2% target. Let's get more on this. Brett Ryan is with us now, senior U.S. economist at Deutsche Bank Securities. Brett, good morning. Do the uh, Fed Chairman's comments about the risk of recession have you changing your forecast?
10: Uh no, um good morning and thank you for having me on the program. Sure. Uh we've actually been uh, calling for a recession since uh really the beginning of April, uh when the inflation data, you know, showed certainly more persistence and we we thought that the Fed would have to tighten more aggressively, uh, and that's exactly what's played out thus far. So, I think I think the Fed's latest forecast hinted that this is going to be a difficult a more difficult landing. And I think you're seeing more uh, admittance on the part of, uh, you know, federal or officials uh, that uh, recession is, is certainly a higher probability given the amount of tightening they need to do. Do you think
2: we're in for a mild recession, a moderate recession, something more prolonged?
10: Yeah. So we, we think it's more of a mild, a mild recession, uh, similar to something like 1990, 1991, because there aren't really – large imbalances that you can identify in the economy right now, other than really elevated goods spending relative to services. And that that elevated goods spending is part of what's causing such high inflation right now.
2: There is an imbalance, though, isn't there, when it comes to uh, supply versus demand? Isn't that a lot of what's feeding into the inflation right now, particularly in the energy market?
10: Sure. And that's something that Chair Powell was, was quizzed upon by, by Liz Warren and, and other, other Senate officials, uh, yesterday in that, you know, can interest rates impact supply side? Is the Fed, you know, Fed raising interest rates doesn't help in terms of bringing more oil, uh, onto the market. Uh, however, the Fed does have control over services inflation, things like rent, and that is directly impacted, uh, by, you know the growth and, and income growth and a strong job market. So the Fed is trying to cool a very hot labor market in order to bring that that side of the equation down because services inflation is has been picking up just as strongly as goods inflation. Well, what's it
2: going to take, Brett, for the Fed to cool down the hot labor market? he's the Fed Chairman Powell says he's strongly focused on getting inflation down to the two percent target. Is it going to mean even more aggressive rate hikes than the Fed has signaled at this point?
10: Uh, in our view um yes, they are they are going to be need to be more aggressive. Um, we expect the Fed to reach about four point one percent, so between four and four twenty five by the by, March of next year, uh, the Fed has signaled that they, the the median dot, at least at the dot plot, is, is 3.8%. So we do think they need to be a little bit more aggressive, um, but they certainly have come, at, at, you know, relative to where the Fed was at the March uh, the March meeting in terms of tightening, uh, they've come a long way, and you've really seen it's sort of it's a uniform consensus, you know, across the hawk dove spectrum. Um, if they want to get. They're going to need to be in restrictive territory. So, you know, they haven't decided yet how restrictive that they need to be. Uh, but they all agree that that's where they're where they're going at this point.
2: On our last minute here, Brett, the uh, chairman is going before the House Financial Services Committee this morning. What message are you going to be looking for from Chairman Powell today? Anything different?
10: Uh, th- Actually, the one thing I, I will look for is any reaction to the latest European data. So the European PMIs uh, missed fairly broadly uh, this this morning, and you know I think it was both services and manufacturing side. So the, there wasn't a really a, a clear identifier there in terms of COVID, um, and so I'm, I'm curious to see if there's any reaction to that da- the the latest data that, data that's changed between. Yesterday and today, and that's you know another 20 basis point rally in the 10-year German Bund, which is pretty aggressive. And so we've had these these pretty uh, large bond market moves.
5: Yeah.
9: The
10: two-year yield has mo- moved 70 basis points in five trading sessions last week, and that's the largest since Lehman Brothers. Mm. Um, and we've pretty much unwound about half of that. Right. Uh, at the same time, the 10-year yield went from 3.47 last week to you know now pressing close to. Th- Three percent. So, yeah, you know, I think the volatility, he, the volatility in the bond market, Sheriff um, Powell may get a few more questions about that today. Yeah.
2: Thanks for this, Brett. Good having you on with us, Brett Ryan, senior U.S. economist at Deutsche Bank, Karen.
1: Nathan, thank you. It is 554 on Wall Street. Now to a legal story we're following this morning. This week, the Supreme Court once again ruled in favor of religious rights over a robust separation of church and state. In a six to three decision down ideological lines, the justices ruled that Maine cannot exclude religious schools from a program that pays for private instruction in rural areas that lack public schools, opening the door to more use of public dollars for religious schools in a case with implications beyond that state. For more, Bloomberg's June Grosso speaks to Richard Garnett, a professor at Notre Dame Law School. What does this ruling stand for?
7: Well, this decision reaffirms a principle that the justices have applied in several recent cases, and that is that the Free Exercise Clause of the Constitution does not permit governments to exclude or to discriminate against religious entities or individuals when they're operating a benefit program or a funding program. So a simpler way of putting that, I suppose, might be that the free exercise clause of the First Amendment doesn't permit governments to discriminate against religion. And in the Carson case, the justices applied that principle to conclude that the state of Maine's policy, which is to allow parents in rural school districts to get public support to send their kids to some private schools was unconstitutional because Maine denied similar benefits to parents if they chose a religious school. And the court said, relying on these recent precedents, that discrimination simply on the basis of the school's religious character violates the free exercise guarantee of of the First Amendment.
0: Is this making taxpayers fund religious education?
7: Well, uh, so (laughs) no. Because the court was very careful to say that states don't have to fund religious schools if they don't want to. But once a state decides that it wants to fund some private education, then it can't discriminate against religious schools. Now, the upshot of that is that indirectly, because, you know, the state will assist parents to choose to send kids to school where they will receive religious instruction, indirectly, the parent's decision to seek out religious instruction is being supported. But of course, States indirectly pay for some religious education all the time. You know, the the GI Bill for more than 70 years has been paying for people to attend Boston College and Notre Dame. So I think the language of forcing overlooks the point that it's. It's the state's choice whether or not to create a program that's open to some private schools but not others.
1: And that's Richard Garnett, a professor at Notre Dame Law School, speaking with Bloomberg's June Grosso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast or downloading the show at Bloomberg.com slash podcast. Attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com and on the Bloomberg Terminal at B-Law Go. And futures this morning are starting to strengthen. S and P futures up about twelve points. Dow futures up twenty six. And Nasdaq futures up seventy eight. The ten year Treasury up eleven thirty seconds. Yield three point one one percent. And the yield on the two year three point oh zero percent. Nymex crude oil is down 1.1% one point one percent at a dollar twelve at one hundred five dollars seven cents a barrel. Comex gold down a third of a percent or six dollars thirty cents at eighteen thirty two ten an ounce. And Bloomberg Daybreak continues. This is Bloomberg.
0: The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor q Join heads of state influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights learn more at cuttereconomicforum.com